Video games. Talking about video games, yeah. Yeah. All right, what's up, everybody? This is the uh, Namek vs. Sane podcast, episode four, the fourth of all of the episodes. There's only one fourth episode, and this is it. You found it. Uh, as always, I am Patrick Shanley. I don't know why I said that. It's not like my name has changed. Uh, I'm an editor with The Hollywood Reporter. Joining me, as always, is my uh, good friend and co-host, Edmund Arnold. Edmund, how are you doing? I'm doing real well. I'm doing real well. Um, saw Wonder Woman last night. Ooh, what'd you think? Disappointed. Oh, you were... Disappointed. One of the rare I few. Very, I was very excited going into it. The first maybe hour was fantastic. I was really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, for a DC movie, it was very bright. <laughs> it seemed it seemed very happy for a moment. I was laughing a lot. And then the ending happened. And I was like, what happened? What happened to this beautiful movie? It, it's starting to look like a DC movie. Where you have to squint and your eyes to tell what's going on? I just, man, I was bamboozled. <laughs> it was still a good movie. I still consider it a good DC movie. But I was a little disappointed. You know, I... I feel the same way. Where it's I, I said this last time. It was a movie that I thought was really great at moments and not so great at other moments. I feel like we're the only people who have negative things to say about this movie. But at the end of the day, it was the best of DC's movies by far. But I still don't think it comes close to Marvel's highs. It's not. It's not, in my opinion, Captain America: Civil War or the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which are my favorite of the Marvel universe. But it's a step in the right direction, I think. I think so. And if this movie would have came out like maybe five to six years ago, it mm-hmm. would have been a great, great, great movie. We would have talked about it. Well, people are going to talk about this movie for years because it's Wonder Woman. Absolutely. Uh, and the performances were great. Chris Pine and Gal Gadot, their chemistry was amazing. I 100% I, agree I, with that. I love them on screen together. Mm-hmm. I, oh, no, no, no spoilers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was fantastic. Um, but other than – I was just disappointed. It was – I'm just disappointed. Seven yeah. out of ten. I guess that's a solid solid rating for it. again i'm not bashing the movie i thought it was a it was a pretty decent movie but it is very much a superhero movie <laughs> when it gets to the end of it i thought i was going to see it and come out of the theaters wanting to part the red sea like <laughs> i thought it was going to be that powerful but it just it didn't hit me as the, it's a dc movie it, yeah it's really a dc movie i'm surprised to hear that you weren't able to commit miracles after you walked out of the movie because everyone in my theater could when we left I'm surprised. Yeah, there's a lot the of wine. reviews I read about this movie, I thought you would be able to, but... Yeah, I saw a guy in a wheelchair started doing cartwheels after the movie. It was it was an experience, to say the least. Are you sure it was the movie or the movie theater? Maybe it, maybe we should call the Vatican. It could have been that. Yeah, it was built on an ancient burial ground, so... I might have to call my homeboy Pope Francis. We might have a miracle <laughs> in front of us. Yo, Frank! You need to get down here, man. <laughs> Stuff's happening. All right, well, today... And this week is a big week for video games. It is E3, everybody. Yeah, it's E3! Woo! That was so much shorter than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be much more triumphant. So E3 officially kicked off. I guess we say this. It kind of kicked off on Saturday. I don't know if you would call it the official kickoff. The conference itself or the convention opens up on Tuesday. But EA had a big uh, coming out party on Saturday. And Microsoft had one on Sunday, as did Bethesda. Uh, Sony is tomorrow. So we are right in the thick of it, and we have seen quite a bit already. Uh, Eddie, what stands out so far for you in this very early stage of E3 2017? Well, number one, I'm confused about this schedule. I have no idea what's going on. I think we all are. It was, I missed the EA press conference because I had no idea that it started yesterday. But... What I saw from EA was, you know, EA. I saw a bunch of sports games. Whoa, they have a story mode in Madden. Great. Oh, you think that that thing that no one plays? <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people play, but are people that play Madden really invested into a story mode? I don't. I have no idea. I, I feel like they sell well without it, but, you know, whatever that's in, story modes and video games are in, NBA 2K, excelled at it, and everyone's trying to jump on that bandwagon, so go for it, whatever. Yeah the end of the day, it's there. You don't have to play it if you don't want to play it. It's just, it's an option. Yeah, you're right. I, it, you know, it's just EA is just pushing that out. Like, oh, we have a story mode in Madden. Look how great this is. And I was just like, huh, eh. 
EA just disappointed me so much in the past. They, I don't know. I just haven't been happy with an EA release in a couple of years. Awesome. And their press conference just wasn't impressive. I mean, I will talk about a way out in a minute, but there, it's just, I don't know, the sports games, they're, yeah, they're sports games. There's nothing big about them. It's the same thing every year. That's why I stopped buying them three or four years ago. But Tom Brady's on the cover this year. It's the GOAT edition. I want actual Plus. GOATs in the game. I feel like that would make me buy it. If there was, like, a goat mode where everyone turned into a goat and it wasn't really football anymore, you were just, like, herding goats. Madden 20 is coming out in three years. You I'm, watch it. You I imagine that's it. what John Madden's life actually is now. <laughs> it's just him and a bunch of goats in some field in Wyoming somewhere. John Madden looks like a man who loves goats for some reason. I don't know why. Like, no one would be surprised if you found out that John Madden was spending the bulk of his time with goats. I wouldn't. I'd be surprised I, I'd if the opposite was true. I would go spend some time with him. He'd probably teach me some good things about goats. There's a lot I want to know about goats. They're a fascinating animal. This is slowly, our podcast is slowly becoming more and more about animals every week. This is, what EA, this is what EA does. It makes you just turn your attention off from it because it's just not that <laughs> impressive anymore. Uh, well, a different company that impressed at least a little bit uh, was Microsoft today. Xbox uh, held their... Press briefing this afternoon. I was lucky enough to be one of the people in attendance uh, at the Galen Center in Los Angeles, and they showed off a lot of stuff. I was staggered by it. It actually, it almost became like a running joke in the auditorium every time you hear exclusive over and over and over and over again. World premiere! Like after the 14th time, you stop caring about a world premiere. But they did announce and they uh, ended a lot of speculation about their Project Scorpio. Uh, which is officially a new system, and it is the Xbox One X at the low, low price of $500 uh, for a souped-up version of an Xbox. 499 be accurate, please. Oh, I'm sorry, $499. The extremely low price of $499 for a slightly upgraded Xbox. But it has 4K, ultra-high definition. Uh, yeah, that's a new wave. I'm excited for it. I have a 4K TV. I'm one of the few people that have a 4K TV, Look so I'm on the you, fence money about buying this thing. I'll say this. When I was at the thing, and you got to do this too, I guess if you were watching on your 4K TV, it is staggering how beautiful it is to watch it. They have these huge screens of 4K, and like to see it in that with the subwoofers and everything going, it was pretty. It was pretty amazing for some of the titles that they showed. But yeah, it looked you know power compatibility and craftsmanships. That's what they. That's what the opening three bullet points were. And, I feel that's, like you should you know, work that's what for the system. Look like it brought. Yeah, you should work for Microsoft. You got their uh, their jargon down. Uh, it, you know, it was a it was a good, it was a decent conference. They brought they focused on games. I thought a lot of it was going to be focused on this new console. I thought mm-hmm. we were going to spend a good thirty minutes on it. It was a good fifteen minutes, and then they were like, "All right, let's spend the next two, three, four hours on these game releases." That's what was the most surprising to me is that here's our brand new toy. And they showed it off, I guess, the way they could by playing the games on it. But at the same time, like you said, they dedicated the first. He walked out. Phil Spencer walks out, the head of Xbox. He goes, hey, everybody, let's not waste any time here. Here's our new thing. Here's 18 different numbers that only real gearheads are going to understand. Oh, it's got Rammy McRam Rams and 85 Giggy McJigawatts. Like, great. It's a super powerful machine, got it, let's move on. And that was pretty much the gist of his opening, and then it was just game after game after game after game after game. Just pummeling you with all of these new games coming out, ranging from very unique indie games to humongous blockbuster games uh, with pretty much everything you can imagine in between. And that was another thing that they were hitting on is the diversity of their titles coming up. Some look pretty bad, and some look... I'm excited for some, I'll say that. Uh, the ones you, I'm excited for are maybe different than the ones you're excited for. Absolutely. And you touched on it, uh, diversity. There were all kinds of titles that he was announcing. I was getting kind of flabbergasted at point in point different points of this um, event. So it was it was getting kind of crazy at some points. I mean, he was going from a beautiful racing game to one of the most intense-looking first-person shooters I've ever seen in my life. I mean, Metro Exodus, that was one of the... That was a No Man's Sky. That was a Division. That was that moment for Microsoft for me. That was one of the... I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away. There were so many games shown, and reactions, obviously, in a a two-and-a-half-hour press conference, they vary. That one... I'll give the benefit of the doubt. It was one of the early ones that they showed with Metro Exodus. But as soon as it started, we're like, where are we? 
what are these things that are attacking me, these weird werewolf rat creatures? <laughs> and then you break out, and you thought that was over, and then you're in this beautiful, like, you are you start in the cave or in a, a bunker somewhere. Then you're out in this beautiful vista on a mountaintop doing zip lining and being attacked by a 40-foot-tall mole <laughs> as you shoot crossbow bolts at it. It was it was amazing. I That one blew me away. And it ends on... It was like... You get pulled onto a train, like, and then it's just like, that's it. That's all you get. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I'm going to gripe a little bit. It's like, let's steal everything from Fallout 4. Oh, go ahead, blow me up if you want to. Oh, no, even the... I, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Because even one of the biggest reveals in that trailer was you taking off the gas mask. And it, it, like, it just looked like Fallout to me. You're in this bombed-out, like, shelter. There's these weird scraggly dog creatures everywhere. I half-expected dog meat to roll up next to you. I was getting really upset at the beginning of that trailer. I was like, "They're gonna are they gonna give us a Fallout Four remaster? This game came out three. Is is that how bad the game industry is right now?" <laughs> but when they when they said Metro Exodus, I was like, "Okay, I haven't played anything in the Metro series. I know there's a lot of people that think this is a really good first person series. I'm excited. I'm gonna uh, keep a close eye on it. But it's it you know it's E3. Don't be bamboozled." By what you see. That's kind of the nature of E3, I feel like. It is a large bamboozling festival. And I will admit that I was bamboozled by my favorite game of the whole thing uh, was Sea of Thieves, which to me looks like the most fun game of all the games shown. Here's, here's the thing. You're there in this place, and it's just one after another of the most depressing post-apocalyptic like wastelands you've ever seen. And then this beautiful, colorful, stupid game about pirates with a hilarious voiceover comes on, and I was hooked right from the beginning, and I want to get out there and start just exploring and going to different places and shooting other pirate ships with my friends. It, it got me, and I think you had a different opinion of it. It got me, I believe it was three years ago when they first showed the trailer. Right. Me, I was, I was watching it by myself, and then I watched it again with my roommate. And I just, I'm not impressed. The uh, first-person combat just looks something like from Minecraft. Looks like something a child should be playing. I apologize if that offends anyone if they're excited about this game. That did not impress me at all. How dare you! I'm excited to get on with my friends. It looks like a good game. It looks like an immersive experience to get on with your friends. It looks like it's going to be a lot of cooperation and things like that. But, uh, I mean, the art style is cool. I appreciated the art style, the, like, MMO-style, um, cartoon-style look. But yeah, it had a bit know. of, just... like, Monkey Island-ish to it. The old Yeah, kind of like Monkey Island, Monkey Island Wow, in a way. Yeah, ooh, Monkey Island Wow. I like that. World of yeah. Monkey Island. <laughs> exactly. But it just wasn't anything that was impressive to me. And I have to say consistently, like, stop with the pirates. I mean, it's, it's I'm over it. Give me something new. It's a good I point. Guess, well, we don't have any pirate games, so... Yeah, but we, we, we took an anti-pirate stance last time, and I feel like we need to stick with that anti-piracy. I, I'm staying consistent, so... But it, it could surprise me, but the game the gameplay, the first person, the shooting, wasn't anything that I'm going to write home to my mom about. The whole sequence where you're going in with your friends and stealing the treasure and escaping, it, and it was a scripted... It's hard to judge these games with scripted gameplay trailers, exactly. and that was a very scripted gameplay trailer. So I am... I'm walking in this very skeptical. It falls under the category of bamboozling, once again. Oh, big time bamboozling. So I would like to play it. I want to get my hands on it and play it so I can... I, I've read and heard a few people play Sea of Thieves and they've mm. said good things. But, you know, that's a big Xbox One X exclusive, so it would be interesting to see how the development goes. And I think Xbox is pouring a lot of money into this because yeah. they don't have a lot of exclusives anymore. Oh, well, so, after today, let me tell you, they have a lot of exclusives. <laughs> well, they need them because they're struggling. I truly hope... They console coming out. Yeah, hopefully this will help them. I really hope that the exclusive guy was actually at the event and he had to do them all live. Like, I just imagine that guy with, like, a cup of chamomile tea up in the rafters, like the Phantom of the Opera with a mask over his face. And he has to say it every single time they played a trailer. And then he fainted at the end of it. That's what <laughs> got me through the job. He did. He killed it. If he did, he, he did a fantastic job. You can't fault I mean, I felt like I was playing a multiplayer game, and I was winning every time, and exclusive come out. I was like, yeah, I'm getting rewarded for something. It was yes. like uh, Halo multiplayer when we were in sophomores in high school. Headshot! 
or like Mortal Kombat, finish him. Yes. Oh my God. What? Where's that guy? Let's get him on the podcast. But you know, there were a lot of games, man. Uh, there was State of Decay Two. Did you, what did you think about State of Decay Two? How do you feel about zombie games? Man? Honestly, I feel bad. It's sort of I'm judging one thing because of how much I dislike another thing. I'm so sick of The Walking Dead. I just think it's one of the worst television shows on TV right now by a long shot. It is just a train wreck of a television show. And I'm over zombies. Um, and they just keep coming nonstop. This, the thing with zombies, they don't stop. Like, you think, like, take a break, zombie. Sit down for a second. Go see your wife. And he's like, oh, no, I just want to eat brains all the time. <laughs> and the game, it had a weird style, I felt. That kind of worked. It seemed like it was almost aiming at that Walking Dead comic book, like, cell shading style to it. Which, again, I just feel like it's played out. I don't know. I don't know. Was it scary to you? Did you did you feel scared? Let me tell you a little something about State of Decay, which released in 2013, mm-hmm. which absolutely captivated me. That okay. was one of the best games of that year that no one talked about. It, now, let me, let me just talk to you about State of Decay. And I agree with everything you say about zombies are overdone. Walking Dead has disappointed me. I'm a big Walking Dead fan. It's disappointed me for the last two se- last season. Disappointed me the season before. It actually thought it was really good. Yeah. But whatever. We can have that conversation later. Anyway, State of Decay is like a base building, time simulation, action RPG. You are the your group of people. You rotate between these characters that you play. You have to scavenge for food, scavenge for supplies. I mean, this game it takes everything about everything that you've seen on these zombie television shows and movies and you actually get to play it. And it was one of my favorite, favorite games to come out in 2013. Mm. And I think the big difference with State of Decay 2 is that it's a co-op game, so I get to play it with all my friends who enjoyed State of Decay as much as I can. So I am... That was one of the games that I saw and I, I kind of, you know, the tear came down. I was like, alright, this is excited. And I'm glad they didn't try to bamboozle you with their gameplay. The game is a right. very... It's stiff... It plays stiff. It's not the you know it's not going to win any gameplay awards, but everything around the game is done so well that you forgive those gameplay elements, and it is just something that I love. I loved it. So, what was the reaction in the room? It, it's I heard a lot. I mean, there were to a lot. What of did it sound? Those those t-shirts were cultists. I don't know. Those t-shirts were disgusting. Those people. We couldn't. I couldn't even read what was on the t-shirt. What did the t-shirt say? Could you see it on? Because I was in the. I was up in the rafters. I. This is how important I am. I was about as far away from the stage as you could be. Oh, what did they say? It was something that I saw and I immediately repressed it because it was so just, uh, oh my God. I don't, I don't, I can't remember. <laughs> it was something just like, I've heard all the merchandise at E3 has been so par- Oh, it was, I witnessed the most powerful console ever. Oh. And it was just, as you were watching the stream, you could see this on all these people's backs and it just looked like you were at a little cult hearing, but we, you know. <laughs> It was kind of like that with those people down there. We were laughing, me and uh, my colleague who also covers tech when I filed my story today uh, about the quote. The, he, we had one good quote, and the quote was a horrible quote. It's the most powerful system ever made. It's, it sounds like something a 10-year-old would come up with. Be like, yeah, maybe it is, but like who? Like You could come up with a selling point, make a tagline. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. The greatest system in the universe. Take that, Pluto. It has the ability to raise people from the dead. (laughs) Buy two of these, a thousand dollars. The Lazarus. Can we get into the price point at least a little bit? I don't know what it costs to make a system, the most powerful system in the history of all time. I don't know what that costs. I imagine it's not cheap. At the same time, I just dropped $300 on an Xbox One, and I am admittedly late to the party, but now i got to go out and spend $500 on what is basically a souped-up version of the Xbox One, which, by the way, plays all the same games that I'm already going to be playing on my Xbox. Excuse me, but you're going to be getting Super Lucky's Tale, which is going to be $60, I'm hearing. Well, that- so you know, take a listen to Super Lucky's Tale and understand what you're paying for. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is good radio. Uh-oh, a flower came up and ate a butterfly. Oh, Super Lucky did not like that. Oh. Oh, he... It was cute. It was very cute. It was I cute. I enjoyed the trailer. And okay. I was, when I was watching it, I was like, you know, I'll pay 
twenty bucks, thirty dollars for this, but sixty dollars, man, oh man, you're you gotta, for a lot. you gotta really love and your kid. A, and that's a launch title, Super Lucky Sale and Crackdown Three. I was reading reports from IGN and kind of, I was watching Kind of Funny with Greg Miller and mm. uh, Tim Shetty. I'm sorry if I butchered those names. Um, How dare you? Super Cell and Crackdown Three are going to be the only launch titles for this five hundred dollar most powerful system ever. That's going to be able to play all of your Xbox 360, Xbox One, and your Xbox, some of your Xbox games, which should have been around for the Xbox One. Thank so, you. Uh, here's the thing, too. Okay, so people applaud that. People applauded. It was the biggest applaud that there was. That there's backwards compatibility. Like that's what I'm applauding you for. I- believe i saw a lot of interviews from phil spencer just talk about how much effort it takes to do that and i'm glad they listened to all the complaints from all everyone who was wanted backward compatibility for the xbox one but that's he the... announced that as a big it was like the, it was the haymaker point for yeah. your 500 dollars system makes me disgusted and i'm sorry I, I know it took a lot of time to innovate right. this in such a great system that looks powerful but man, don't. That's that's my problem. That's exactly what I'm thinking about it too. Is that you're expecting me to shell out an exorbitant half a thousand dollars for a thing that is basically just a faster processing speed of something I already own, and then you're telling me your selling point is that I can play the games that I can already play on old systems that I already bought years ago. I just right. the whole the whole. Right. If I had to sum it up in a word for the entire convention or the entire press briefing, it was damage control. That's two words, but if there's a hyphen in it, I don't know if that counts as one word or two words. <laughs> but that's what it felt like. It was like, we know we suck, but here's why we're going to suck less in the future. That's what the whole thing felt like. Yeah, you're abs- everything you said about the $500 price point is absolutely right. Especially, I feel really bad for those people that took a while to buy an Xbox. That's just, I, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. It's okay. Because that, Life that goes stinks. on. It does. Stinks. It hurts. That's all right. I'm looking at Super Lucky Tail right now, and he's, he's making me a little bit happier. He's just so cute. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, you know it's a good game, and and you know Microsoft had a lot of missteps. A Cuphead should have been released. They they should have came out there saying that Cuphead was going to be released next month, but they come out saying Cuphead is going to be released September 29th. This game has been a travesty in development, right. and it's one of those games where you need to stop listening to people and just put out what you want to put out. Right. The, the game was originally going to be on bosses fights only it looked fantastic it looked beautiful oh my god the artwork the art is, is oh my gosh i can't get over the art it's one of the most beautiful games i've ever seen in my life yeah the applause and, for that was off the charts too by the way for uh, a, for a small yeah, indie title like that we've been waiting for this game for the past what three or four years and it's just like it's one of those things where they came out it was all boss battles people were like, people complained about what like, we need some platforming so they came out they put, made some platforming levels and then people were like these platforming levels suck so they Man, it's the not like the internet they, to be they have angry. To, like, keep enhancing it and keep going back and back. Like, stop listening to these people and just put out what you want to put out. That's uh, the internet in a nutshell, basically. Hey, guys who cre- – <laughs> we're literally doing this right now. Hey, guys who created things, make it better for me. The price point aside, I am not techie enough to understand what is going on in this new Xbox other than the ultra-high-definition Blu-ray player – and the fact that it has more memory capacity. And I understand that it runs at a higher rate. It has a better processing rate, which means smoother it's gameplay. A mini, it's a mini PC. That, it's a powerful machine. I'm not going to sit is, here and lie. And I get it's a that. very powerful machine. But here's the thing. So for those people who are you know, the hardcore gamers, the PC gamers, they already have this, and they had it at a smaller price point. They didn't cost them $500 to get the RAM or whatever it is that was running their PC. Um, they're, they're, I mean, they're putting like thousands of thousands of dollars into these PCs. Well, those people are sad, and I pity them. No, they're not sad because I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> no, my point still stands. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I'm pretty, I was pretty sad at that point. Uh, oh my god! I just got dumped, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm going to drink a lot and put a lot of money into a PC." Oh gosh! So, as somebody with a PC, how does this even compete with the PC? Is it is it even at the point where a PC is? Is it the most powerful console of all time? Well, it, it's you know I get to play it on my big. 47 inch 4k samsung tv with you? my xbox controller so well that's nice i guess that's exciting that's exciting is it 500 dollars um, exciting man i'm an idiot i'm a dumbass i you know i don't read uh i should be reading i i don't i should be reading more i should say i do read i should be reading more mm-hmm. um that's why you know when we talk about these things i want everyone to know i'm not an expert i'm just a consumer who complains a lot <laughs> but um I, it's 
it's just one of those things, you know. Um, I it's I'm probably gonna do it. I'm probably gonna buy it, and I'm ashamed to say it. That's why it's taking me. Since me <laughs> I'm having such a hard time. Bam, it, but I'm, boozled. I'm, I'm Bam, boozled. Bam, boozled. Because it's just the machine looks beautiful. I didn't like the Xbox One. I want my games to look powerful. I want my games to look beautiful. They and look beautiful. It's the only beautiful. thing I spend money on. So. All right. Look, it's your I'm money. Be in the fifteen percent that's going to buy it. So I'm starting to put money away now. I think you are in the minority of people who would buy it at launch. And I think again, it always comes down to. I love that it is a faster processor and that it looks as beautiful as it does. But if I don't have games to play on it, then why am I buying it? Because at that point, it's a really sexy Blu-ray player. What were you expecting going into it? I knew that Project Scorpio was going to be announced as the next Xbox like upgrade. I knew it wasn't going to be like an entirely new system. It is, I guess. But I mean, like an addendum to the Xbox One. So I knew that was going to be the big thing. That's what I was looking out for. As far as titles went, I wanted... Maybe I'm out of the loop here, but I wanted a Halo, or at least a Halo-esque game, and the closest thing I feel like that was announced was Anthem, which is the closest to, like, a blockbuster, like, transcends just gamers type of game. As a non-gamer, or someone who doesn't play a lot of video games who's starting to get back into it, mm-hmm. what, besides Sea of Thieves, what, was your, what, what blew your mind? Anthem. Uh, Anthem, what, Anthem to me was what Destiny was to me a couple years ago when it was first announced. That's what it looked like to me. It was, Anthem was something that I want to show my children. If it turns out to be, it was like a Horizon moment for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, Horizon was one of those games that was released in E3 and I first saw it. And when I played it, I was like, oh, this feels like it looked like on E3. They right. didn't lie to me. I really hope, I really, really hope Bioware delivers on Anthem. Because that game looked phenomenal. Bioware is one of those weird companies because they've made so many wonderful games. And then they've made so many not great follow-ups to games. And I'm hoping that this will be the former as of the latter. I love the first Mass Effect game. I love Knights of the Old Republic. And this looks like it was made for me. Like, it just looks... The world exploration and that scene where she shoots off, like, 12 rockets after she, like, picks up everybody and it blows everybody to hell. It's it's incredible looking. It looks awesome. Yeah, so... Uh, Knights of the Old Republic came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. That's probably still in my top three video games of all time. Jade Empire would probably be Thank in my top you. ten. Oh, Jade Empire is so fantastic. Um, Mass Effect would be in my top five, possibly. Um, so I'm a Bio- Dragon Age would be in my top ten. I mean, if I had a top 20, Bioware would probably dominate a lot of the list because I'm just a huge Bioware fan. Mm-hmm. And I Mass Effect Andromeda made me want to cry. Dragon Age Inquisition made me want to cry. Right. So I'm really holding out hope for Anthem. Um, I'm, I, but I'm I'm skeptical too, cause, because that gameplay demo looked like something out of this world. It doesn't look like anything that we'd ever play we've ever played before. Yeah. Well, we'll Those see. suits looked so good. Oh my god! Just the way you so... climb into them, they look like the pods from Alien. Oh my gosh, I was excited. I was like, man, oh man, if this game, and just like the Destiny Destiny element with the livable world where your friends could just jump in and out. Right. Please deliver, Bioware. I need you to deliver for me, because if you don't, I'm I'm going to lose my faith in the world. Anyway, it was an exciting day. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of game announcements. Xbox really delivered on the game front, I guess. Uh, we'll Ori! See. Ori! Oh my god. Oh, that's the saddest thing. There's two dead owls. Ori! Oh. Yeah, that first game was one of the... It was really hard, but it was really good game. Yeah, it was Very beautiful soundtrack, so... Yeah, a lot of good... You know, a lot of good games, but... No big, big surprises, which Xbox no. really needed. I, I didn't see anything, you know... Like a, like you said, a Halo would have been like, whoa. I didn't see anything that made me go like, oh my gosh, I really need to pick up that new Xbox. Right. I kept uh, waiting for that to drop. Just the, the big news where everyone's just like, oh my god! Yeah, I have to call and they my ended family. the show with Anthem, which was awesome, but it's non-exclusive, so right. it's kind of so like it's... you know, you need to open your show. You open your show with Forza. You know, I know, I get it. You got to do it. Right. Forza is like the Fast and Furious of franchises for me. I respect it. Oh, plus they showed off a Porsche 911 for some reason to a crowd full of video game players. That's so dumb. Here's I'm a card you can never afford. Um, I care about virtual cars, man. I'm just very skeptical. 
I'm very skeptical. So yeah, well, oh, only time will tell. One more. The last night looks phenomenal. If that comes out, the um, the 2D Blade Runner game. Yes. Really oh my God, that game. Look, that the, really good. The thing is, the the smaller, more intimate indie games seem to outshine, with the exception of Anthem, the big marquee video games in this one. Yeah. Yeah, especially the last night. Even though there was a lot of controversy around that creator, I'm not going to get into it. But mm-hmm. man, um, that's going to be something I'm going to watch after. I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's something that I'll pick up if I look more into this guy. But it looks good. Okay, this being a lot of industry professionals are busy with the conference itself. However, we do have an exclusive interview with Dan Hay uh, from a few weeks ago when he unveiled Far Cry 5. Uh, Dan Hay is the creative director of the upcoming game. Uh, the first question I asked him had to do with moving the series stateside after so many years abroad. I think, you know, it's interesting. I, I answer that question in a couple of different ways, like, and I'm, I'm going to ramble a bit, so share with you, but... I just think that we were working on Far Cry 3 at the time and, and kicking around the idea of going to the States and not really knowing what that meant, right? It's like a good idea on paper and then you try and execute on it and you're not sure where to go and I think that's kind of why it got pushed to the side for a little while. And then when we started to really kick it around three years ago, two and a half years ago-ish, um, it was, okay, how do we do this? How does it How does it work? What could it be? And what was interesting was just starting to, to see that the 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 global consciousness of stuff had kind of changed a bit, and that it, whenever you pick a place for Far Cry, it has to feel uh, beautiful and exotic and interesting and wonderful and relevant and all that stuff, but it also has to be a place that could be on the tipping point, and it could it could even break a little, so that it's 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 wonderful, but also off. And as we started to talk about. Uh, you know, where where could we put it in the States that's a frontier and where could we go? And we, you know, we, we talked about it and then actually went to Montana. And then when you think about, like, just cults in general and sort of the, almost the resurgence of that right now, you're hearing a lot more about this sort of stuff. Uh, there was something really interesting about the idea of having a leader who was magnetic and that the language of they believe they were chosen. They were believed, in almost this modern-day Noah, right? They believe they were chosen. And they, they know, and they think, or they know that you think they're crazy. But they're asking you in very simple terms, take a look around, look at the, like, look what's happening. And when you do, for the player, for everybody, it's kind of like, okay, no, it's not. You know, what you're saying is not, what you're saying is, it sounds crazy, but there are, there's binary information in there that, that could be real. Right. Uh, you know, you you mentioned it just now with the Noah analogy. Uh, you're dealing with a lot of religious rhetoric was used a little bit in the footage that was shown. That can be tricky ground to tread on uh, for a variety of reasons. There's also political meaning underneath it as well, and especially in times recently. Hmm. How do you navigate those dangerous waters? I think what's what's super clear that needs to be, it's our cult. It doesn't exist in the world. It's not a real cult. It's ours. And that what they believe is they've They've hijacked certain things from religions and whatnot, and they they uh, they espouse those things. But they're they're a cult, uh, and they are run by um, a family and by a person that is our character. Uh, and then the second thing is sort of on the on the and, and all of the things that are in the cult will be our stuff, right? Um, the second thing is on the political side is that there's not an agenda here to say this is right, this is wrong. There are people in the world who have beliefs. And they will say, they may believe one side of an argument or another, but you'll meet the polar opposite ten minutes later, who believe something completely different. And I think that the key thing for us was just telling the story of a group of people who felt like something imminent was going to happen, that began to prepare for it, that began to protect themselves. And then uh, the fact that you as the player go and meet normal Americans in the world who want to just protect their homes. Something simple. I want to protect my homes against these crazy people who are saying that uh, this calamity is going to happen. It, it was it was clean and it was simple. Uh, Far Cry is kind of known for its over-the-top, really eccentric, and in a lot of ways charming, their antagonists. Uh, I was just talking about Far Cry 3 and how much I loved that antagonist in that one. 
where do you draw the inspiration for that, and how do you kind of, they're unique in ways, even though they have analogous traits between yes. all of them. So how is it to keep trying to find that new person is going to be that that lightning rod for the whole game, I guess? It seems like they all rotate around that one it's, year. Uh, it's a really good question. I think that's a, how do we keep finding it? How do we keep doing it? Yeah. It comes down to, uh, I want to say, equal parts. you got to have a great writer, somebody who can write this stuff, somebody who's going to be able to come in and say, this is what this person would say. you got to have a really good concept that these people believe in something, right? And in this case, what was really powerful is that we actually have a father who believes that the collapse is coming, and there's a lot that he can say. He can make a compelling argument about something. you got to have a great actor to pull that off. And then you got to be able to let the actor run with it. I think we saw that with Michael Mando on Far Cry 3. Uh, we saw that with Troy on Far Cry 4. That they bring a lot to the character. They bring a lot of, of uh, just natural ability to it. And so with the actors that we have for Far Cry 5, we, we do the same thing. We put them in a situation. We go, you know, how does it feel? We put Wear the character like a suit. And what feels natural? How does it work? And we're getting a lot of uh, interplay between the characters. But it's a process. And it is, I shouldn't say it's a process. It's, um, it's not a science. You get, we don't get it right all the time, like right off the, right off the bat, and we have to keep iterating on it until we, until we find the magic. So is improv like a part of that? I think so. Yeah. I think okay. that you gotta, you gotta go and sit down with them and you gotta f make it feel right. And it's chemistry, right? Chemistry. And there's always sort of one speech, and we get this because we're first person, where they're looking at the camera and they say something, and you get that tingle on the back of your neck, or right, you know, down your spine, and you're like, okay, we have it, we have magic, that's it, that's the elixir, that's the magic thing. And uh, we definitely have it on this game. Awesome. Um, again, with this open world concept, we were talking about this earlier, so you can, you watch things kind of happen that you're not even a part of right. while this is happening. So I would imagine when you're crafting a story, you have to craft this entire world that a player is then placed in. We have our main storyline, but we also have all of these tangential storylines yes. running. How much of that is known? I guess so. You start with a germ of idea and then just kind of spread outwards. How do you how do you build an actual world that's okay. going to be in? So you you build a world so that it feels real, right? And you build a world first. So we all know how tall a step should be what the door handle should be. We all know how big a window should be. We understand the rules and the sounds. And so you try and build a world that leverages everything you already know, right? So it feels real. And then what we do is we, and when I say we apply pressure to it, I mean a very specific type of pressure. There's only one aspect of the world that is just tilted a little. And when you think about the idea of a cult and the idea that they believe that the end of the world is coming, it's going to permeate through the entire world. It's going to go through it like a cancer, right? Uh, it will be the conversations that people that you hear sitting at a bar talk about. It will be something that you may even hear a little bit on the radio. It'll be in conversations that you hear when you're walking through a field. Or if you're flying a plane, you'll get the sense like everybody is aware of the same information. In modern society, with how connected everybody is, the conversations that are happening here and now are not dissimilar, I'm assuming, from a lot of the conversations that happen all over the place. And we're all talking about the same type of stuff. The cult has invaded this space, and everybody's talking about it, so we make sure that it's on their lips all the time. In most of the other games, I guess in this one too, actually, I mean, you're a fish out of water as the right. character in this yep. new environment. But where this one differs a little bit is that even though you are a fish out of water, you're still in America, so this is right. familiar ground. Yes. How do you, do you tweak Americana things to try and make it feel familiar, but also very alien at the same time? Yeah, there are stuff, like it's... Again, we it's Montana, but it's our Montana. Right. And Hope County doesn't exist in the world, right? So it's ours. Right. So, yeah, the, something as simple as uh, uh, the type of beer you're drinking or something as simple as uh, the way the road signs look. Or, like, we tweak everything so that it's our world and that it feels familiar and you understand how, when you're driving, you understand how to drive, you understand how to shoot, you understand whether or not somebody's lying or telling the truth, you understand what their motivations are, but at the same time, you understand that uh, it's a game and that we're going to play with it, and we're going to have fun, and we're going to let you go off and do stuff that you, you, you probably couldn't do in the real world. Right. Um, you're in this environment. There's obviously going to be fauna around. Uh, Montana has a very yes. specific type of animal. Yes. That, uh, what type of animals can people expect in it? Are you going to be able to interact with them this way you have in, like, older games? I can't tell you all the animals. Okay. <laughs> what I can tell you, though, is that there was, a, there was a specific instance where we were hunting in Montana, and... Uh, and I was supposed to be hunting, but I was actually just taking pictures of it because everything was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, we know that 
from Far Cry and all the stuff that we've seen, that animals are a big part of it, right? Everything that you do, people right. love to be able to go out and hunt, they love to be able to go out and do all the things. But there was a moment where we were hunting, and we were pretty tired, it was the end of the day, I was going to get in the truck, and basically the guy goes, don't move. I'm like, okay, I guess look at the dog. The dog's just this. And we waited forever for this fucking dog to just do something. And finally it moves, and the girl says, and he looks at me and he goes, always trust your dog. It's like, I want that in the game. I want that experience of, maybe there's somebody out there who's, who doesn't have a dog, doesn't, doesn't have that relationship, doesn't have a pet, where you have the opportunity to actually play Far Cry and hang out with the dog, whose name I totally want to tell you, but I can't. <laughs> um, and have an experience where you've got this pet with you that's one part pet, but honestly another part weapon, and can go out and, 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 and do stuff in the world that has real value. And there's so much more I want to talk about with animals. Uh, but, yeah, I think you know us, you know Far Cry. We want to be able to make it that the world is alive, and we want to be able to make it so that when those things come in and interact with each other, that it adds the anecdote factory. And animals are a big, big part of that. Right. I guess the other big part, and again, it's almost like the, when we talked about the antagonist, each game has its own unique type of weapons or the way you, even the vehicles, like the world is different. Um, are there new, I don't know if you can even answer this, but are there new types of weapons that we haven't seen in other Far Cry games? I can't answer that. Okay. Well, well, here's the thing. It's like, just look at the plane, right? Uh, I think on previous versions of Far Cry, you had the ability to fly, and you had the ability to move around and do stuff, but now what we're doing is we're actually putting a plane in the game where you can call in airstrikes. You can get in that plane. You can actually go and do dogfights. And, like, we're, we're trying to add whole other vectors to the game where you're able to look at it from, you know, high in the sky and get a different perspective and be able to just, you know, destroy specific places in the world just from that. Or you're in trouble and you're looking down at a situation going, man, I need some help. And you're like, wait a minute, I got Nick. And you call Nick and he's like, I'm with you. Let's do this. And all of a sudden that trouble's gone. But the fact that he did that maybe kicks off a new kind of trouble. So just being able to put new vectors in that can kind of play and interact with the anecdote factory, right. that's, that's the... It's all about making sure that they all work in concert and that they go off in ways that we hadn't expected. And the same is true for the story. Right. In this one, what we want you to be able to do is go into the story and go in pretty much any direction you want and meet any character in any order rather than having to go and go to a prescribed map of the story, which is super hard to do, uh, and make each of those characters that you meet interesting. So that you play the game for, you know, eight to ten hours and you're going through and doing all this stuff and you sit down and you talk to me about the game and I'm like, I didn't go there. This is who I met. This is what happened. This is what this is what this part of the world is like. And you're like, really? And it's grounded but different. Okay, cool. I think that's all I have. Cool. Thank, Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. I can't wait to play it. Okay, so last week we had our biggest podcast yet so far in terms of uh, fan reaction to it. Uh, as of this recording, it's sitting around 4,000 plays, which is pretty great for us. Um, that's what we want to see, I guess, that people are listening to things. Uh, so thank you is the first thing I want to say about that. Uh, second you. off, uh, we want to have a dialogue with people who listen to our things, so please feel free to comment. And if you do, and leave a comment much like Brother Boyle's comment, which called you out, Eddie, uh, let me just uh, read this. I've barely touched any Tekken, but saying it's garbage just because it isn't for you is kind of mean. I don't like MKX or SFV, but I don't call them trash because they're unappealing to me, or I like something else more. That's all over the FGC, and I'm embarrassed when I see people shit-talking good games that are just different than their faves. Gotta be honest, Brother Boyle. I agree with you. Eddie, can you defend yourself against Brother Boyle? Here's why. Here's why you're wrong. Okay, I agree. I, you know, I don't agree with you. I appreciate the comment. Thank you very much. This is my rating system. Garbage means it's something that I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get near. It you know, I don't I don't like to touch garbage. I'm not a garbage man. I didn't go to college and get a degree in garbage. So it's something that I'm gonna stay away from. It's a good franchise to some people. A lot of people love it, a lot of people enjoy it. But for me, I just don't care about it, and I don't care about people's opinions, to be honest with you. Um, I apologize if that offended you, and if you want to sh- call any of my favorite franchises garbage, go ahead. I really liked Alpha, Alpha Protocol. That game is really bad. So if you want to get on um, my Twitter, which is 
what is it? Ar- um, Arnold E10. Go ahead. I appreciate you for saying that, though. And Don't he was respectful. It. I feel like my rendition of reading him was a little bit <laughs> disrespectful. But it was actually it pretty. Was. It was a fair comment and a nice comment, and he followed up with an even nicer comment. And there you have it, folks. If you feel like leaving a comment for us, we will respond to it, I promise you, and tell you why you're wrong to disagree with us, because you always will be. Or if you make a good point, we will say why you're right. We talked about Nintendo a little bit. Let's uh, preview what we can expect from Nintendo uh, this week at E3. I am excited. Nintendo needs to do what Microsoft did, um, except ten times bigger. I love the Switch. I like the idea of the Switch. I like that I can take it out of its little plastic crap container and play it on my handheld and put it back in this little plastic crap container and play on my big screen. Um, so we, we need a lot of Switch games announced. I don't care about hardware. I don't care about your online play. I need a Super Mario Odyssey. I need an extended gameplay demo from that. I need a Pokemon video game announced for the Switch. I don't care about Pokemon Tournament DX. Uh, I need a, a, a Splatoon 2 is coming out next month, so we're going to see some of that. Um, I want an extended demo for that. I want some DLC announced. I want a Fire Emblem on my Switch. I want a Z- I want an extended demo of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I'm making out demands right now. Man. This is an extensive list. You sound like you're in a hostage I'm, situation. I'm, I'm making demands right now. Nintendo has disappointed me. I've supported them my entire life. I bought every one of their systems. I buy ex- games extensively from them. They need, to, they need to deliver on this system or I'm done. Ooh. You don't want to lose a customer, Nintendo. He's serious. That one customer, that one customer named Edmund who lives in California, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> he's a, he's an influencer. I am. I'll have one other person follow me. Boom. Don't, don't you do it, Nintendo. But yeah, no, I mean, we need an Animal Crossing announcement, I think. Um, I think we need like a Metroid. We haven't had a Metroid in so long. I think we need a proper Metroid game, man. What better time for a Metroid game to come out than on the heels of Wonder Woman. That's true, yeah. Samus Samus and Wonder Woman are out there making moves, man. They're the characters that we all should look up to as Americans. I do. Yeah, that would be great, actually. I'm saying. They yeah. should. They really should. And they should really like focus on Samus's backstory. I would enjoy that. I they would like to get it. more into Samus, you know, the the person underneath the suit as opposed to just this badass warrior who blows up flying space brains so you know i'm gonna be disappointed though because they're gonna announce a whole bunch of indie titles coming out on the switch that are gonna be four to five years old so i'm gonna be like uh i already have these games i beat a lot of them and i'm scared nintendo's just gonna screw me again i'm you know hey i hate to be vulgar on a podcast that my mother listens to but i just don't want nintendo to screw me again and they've done it for the wii u and they've done it for the wii i wasn't ex- i wasn't happy for the wii it wasn't uh, it was innovative yeah those Nunchucks were awesome for two weeks, but man. So if you were French, you want to give the Wii a Wii? It would not be a Wii for the Wii? We know. <laughs> It'd be a no. It'd be a no. I do not need this video game machine, Nintendo. All right, in addition to Microsoft, we also have the other side of the Pacific, uh, and that's Sony which is kind of where my fanboy allegiances lie, even though I have an Xbox One and I don't have a PS4. But what can we expect from Sony? Eddie. Just real quick, because I think we both are Sony fanboys, so I'm just going to run through it real fast, and then we're probably going to have an extensive podcast where we go over it as much as we did Microsoft. Absolutely. um, I'm I'm really hoping for Shenmue 3. I'm really hoping for Shenmue 3. I, I love Shenmue, one of my favorite games ever i so i'm really hoping for a little gameplay some more information to shenmue 3 i was excited to hear more about this crazy game death stranding hideo kojima hideo kojima i'm sorry um but i guess it's not going to be there so uh god of war i think we're going to get a release date i think we're going to get a very extensive gameplay video which is going to make people poop their pants uh we got a kingdom hearts gameplay trailer which has made me excited oh kingdom hearts more of kingdom hearts Really hope that we see a little bit more Kingdom Hearts. I love it so uh, much. Uh, I'm not gonna go because we're gonna. I think we're gonna cover Sony a lot, but right. uh, Spider-Man, Insomniacs, Spider-Man, Insomniacs behind Resistance, Ratchet and Clank, Sunset Overdrive. I love Sunset Overdrive and Spyro. They're coming out with Spider-Man. I think we're gonna get a really big long trailer um, in the on the front end of Spider-Man: Homecoming. 
I've seen so much Spider-Man Homecoming stuff. I just wanted to come out so I can stop seeing so much. I love Tom Holland. I would have probably loved this movie, but oh my God, just stop. Um, but I'm excited to see this game. Uh, I think we're going to get Bloodborne 2. I'm crossing my fingers. I've seen a lot of people speculating Bloodborne 2. Um, and finally, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope we get a Sucker Punch IP. I, am, I haven't seen Sucker Punch in a little bit. I'm, I'm, I want another new IP. Uh, another Infamous would be cool, but I'm hoping we get a new, something new from Sucker Punch. Well, we're definitely getting a lot this week. It is a buffet that all video game players are gorging at. Do you like that? Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Okay, well, since this is such a huge week and we had to cram in a lot of information, it's just it's so much information this week uh, with all the games that are announced. Uh, let's wrap up how we always do, and I'm going to ask you what you're playing this week and what you're looking forward to playing, Eddie. I'm still working. I mean, I've been following a lot of E3 stuff, to be honest with you. Um, I've been watching a lot of gameplay videos, so I haven't been able to play a lot because I just I love everything about E3, but I have been playing Horizon, beautiful game. Uh, hopefully when all this dies down we could talk about that and then i'm also still getting working my way through a night in the woods nice so still playing those two when e3 dies down i think wednesday or tuesday is the last day nintendo does this last showcase on tuesday uh i think i'll probably get back into video games i'm excited monday i believe pcs the first thing tomorrow um so sony i'll be watching all that ubisoft ubisoft so we'll see (laughs) Okay, again, a, a big thanks um, to everyone who listened to the cast last week, the two weeks previous to that, and who are continue listening. We appreciate you. Please, if you feel like talking to us, talk to us. We will talk back to you. If you want to say Eddie's an idiot, please do. I do it often. Uh, if you want to say Pat is an idiot, then you got a real problem, don't you? I don't like Let's you do at it. all. <laughs> Do it. Pat has a really uh, small ego, so anything you say negative towards him will just derail his week. So I am... if you really get off making people <laughs> feel bad about themselves, <laughs> negative comments about Pat all day. We are. We have a Gmail. I think it's namicvsayin at gmail.com. You can find our SoundCloud if you found this. We have a couple episodes up. We're going to be on iTunes soon, so check out for that um, if you see us on iTunes please leave nice comments any comments at all review us that would mean a lot to us uh, feel free to follow either uh, Eddie or myself on Twitter we have the links right next to where you're listening if you're on SoundCloud uh, they're listed under Pat's Twitter and Eddie's Twitter and they both correspond to each one of us that you click on it's so easy very 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 easy and to every one of our friends that we are listening, thank you. Keep listening. And our we parents. Call out your comments also. And to our parents, thank you as well. Wonderful. Well, thanks, everybody. Happy E3. Enjoy all the announcements. And we'll see you next week for a comprehensive recap of everything that was uh, unveiled for us at E3. As well as a lot of uh, cool, exclusive uh, stuff that uh, I'm going to be on. I can't wait yeah. about Far Cry after that.